When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're going to talk about the Cardinals all night long. Good evening. This is Daniel Shoptal, C70 at the bat. This is Meet Me at Mutual. You pretty much know all that by now. But this is a special edition going along with the trade deadline. I was throwing a few extra bonus podcasts in here for you. And this one tonight is pretty interesting, I think. Um, it's part of the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, there's obviously a lot of different teams involved in this podcast, in this network. So you've got different podcasters able to use those connections to reach out to Toronto, to Texas, and to talk about these trades that the Cardinals just completed. Uh, the first half of this episode is uh, Leo from Around the Nest, a podcast uh, which focuses on Toronto's minor league system. Actually, did the interview for me of Steve Goldberg, who is the uh, New Hampshire Fisher Cats uh, voice voice of the Fisher Cats, um, and they were able to yeah send some questions to Leo, use his connections to ask Steve, who obviously have seen both of the both of the prospects that have come back from Toronto in the deal for Jordan Hicks. And so he gives us a little bit of a rundown on those two guys. Second half, uh, I talked with uh, Ben Dieter and uh, CJ Barrymore of the Ranger Report um, and talked about, obviously, about the trade of Jordan Montgomery, Chris Stratton, and the people that came back in that trade as well. So it gives a little bit more insight on these two guys from people that have, or these two trades, from people that have seen them and been a little bit more involved. So hope you enjoy. We're going to be back tomorrow night. This is going to drop it on Monday night. We should be back Tuesday night with a bit of a round table talking about all the moves the Cardinals have done, both these and whatever they may do on, on Tuesday afternoon. And what maybe they didn't do. So uh, look forward to that. But until then, enjoy these uh, two interviews. Now rolling with a chance to give the Cardinals a lead for the first time tonight. Which he does. Is it gone? Yes! Third home run in this LCS. 
Well, hello, my name is Liam Lee. I am the producer of the Fan First Sports Network's Blue Jays Minor League podcast, Around the Desk. And I'm sitting here with Steve Goldberg, the broadcaster for the Blue Jays, double-A affiliate, New Hampshire Fisher Cats, to talk about a couple of pitchers who are now ex-Fisher Cats. So thanks for joining me on this Monday off day. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, certainly glad to uh, hop on. And big news yesterday with the uh, Cardinals and Blue Jays making that swap. Yeah, so our, our friends at Meet Me at Musial, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals podcast, are looking to get to know these new Memphis Redbirds uh, in Adam Kloffenstein and Sam Rollversa. So you know, first, like, what is your reaction to Sunday's trade? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Sunday's trade was a very balanced trade that makes a lot of sense on both sides, just looking at, you know, what the Blue Jays got back in Jordan Hicks, and that's immediate help for the bullpen, uh, with Jordan Romano going on the injured list, it, it certainly makes a lot of sense for the Blue Jays to try to patch that hole right now and then also down the stretch wind up with a one-two punch, uh, hopefully going into the playoffs later this year in Romano and Hicks, whether it's you know an eight, ninth inning guy or you know somebody taking a couple of innings out of the bullpen and setting up the other one, uh, you know, however they wind up lining up. Uh, that's certainly a lot of talent, and that's going to be a stacked back of the bullpen which helps the Jays out down the stretch uh, looking forward to, to playoff time for this year. And, you know, that's part of the reason why you, you spend a lot of time and a lot of emphasis on developing players. You know, some of them will eventually help you out at the major league level with your own club, but some of them down the line might be trade ships and could provide value uh, back at a time where you're in need at the major league level. And that's exactly what happened uh, sending Adam and Sam to St. Louis and, uh, from a Cardinals standpoint, you know, not knowing uh, quite as much about the uh, state of the Cardinals organization, but, you know, I can certainly say that these are, you know, two excellent, promising young right-handed pitchers uh, that are both, while they spent this year at the AA level, they were both, you know, fringe AAA guys. I would say Kloffenstein maybe a little bit closer than Robertsa, but, you know, it definitely makes sense that St. Louis is ready to push both of those guys and, uh, have them eat up some innings uh, the rest of the year and get a first taste of AAA with Memphis. Um, you know, they're, they're also two guys that, you know, come this offseason, St. Louis is going to wind up having to make some decisions about with uh, Klopfenstein Rule 5 eligible and Sen coming up on Rule 5 eligibility also in December. So, you know, certainly some decisions about whether to protect those guys and add them to the 40-man roster. And maybe from the Blue Jays' standpoint, those were two guys that, you know, they felt like come the end of the year, they wouldn't have put on their 40 men and might have lost in the Rule 5 draft. So you might as well get something back uh, in terms of value. And, and they definitely did that in Jordan Hicks. So, uh, you know, long answer short, uh, really love the trade on both sides. And I feel like there's a lot of value for both Toronto and St. Louis. Yeah, speaking of cloth, let's go with him first. Yeah, you've seen him for, you know, a couple of seasons now down in uh, AA. How has he developed uh, this year compared to last yeah, really a huge change uh, this year compared to last year. And we noticed it early on in the season this year. He just, he looked a lot more comfortable out there on the mound. He was throwing a little bit harder. Uh, he, he also had a lot better command of his slider. He was locating his spots much better. I mean, it seemed like last year he was walking a lot of guys. Uh, his walk rate has dropped significantly this year. His strikeout rate has improved. And, and his stuff just overall looks a lot better. Uh, he's been tooling around with a couple of secondary pitches as well. You know, he throws a low 90 sinker on righties. You know, he also has a cutter. 
and that sweeping slider or two that he was using, but he's just he's throwing a lot more pitches and locating them where he wants, whether it's in the zone or outside of the zone. But last year he was he was missing high a lot, high and outside to a lot of guys and you know, just wasn't getting bites on some of those pitches. You know, they weren't appealing pitches for guys to chase outside of the zone. You know, this year he was getting a lot more swings and misses and a lot more weak contact when guys were uh, putting the ball in play off of him. Whereas last year, you know, it seemed like he would have a couple of innings like that, but then a couple of innings where he really didn't have his stuff. And, and, it, and it tended to be early in games last year. You know, he really had uh, pretty rough numbers in the first inning of games with us. Um, and, you know, he's, he's kind of had, you know, looking at his career overall, even before he got to double A, you know, some ups and downs, some really, really high highs, and then some also some lows um, as well. So, you know, kind of a guy that was, has, has been up and down, but he's definitely on the upswing right now. And, you know, a guy that we've been talking about it for a couple of months, uh, probably on the fringe for a call up to Buffalo, had he not been uh, just traded. So, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't have been you know, surprised to see him up in Buffalo over the next month and certainly no shock that the Cardinals think he's ready for Memphis. And Sam, uh, he went to the Futures game and obviously that's a very exciting point uh, in anybody's career, but do you think he earned it uh, from his first uh, first half uh, performance? Yeah, Sam's had a pretty consistent year, I would say. You know, he got to us uh, late in the season last year, uh, made a handful of starts with New Hampshire and then uh, came right back and uh, spent the uh, the full year here. He's been healthy. He's been consistent, and uh, certainly has a lot of a lot of prospect hype at the moment. Um, you know, just being a top five pitching prospect in the organization, and you know, a top ten overall prospect. You know, certainly a little bit more of a headliner when it comes to you know some of those prospect ranks. And you know, you never know exactly how much to read into those. And you know, there are always guys who aren't on that top thirty list, but probably should be. And you know, some other guys that are maybe ranked a little bit higher or a little bit lower than they should be. And and to be honest, I don't know. I don't know if Sims, you know, a true top five pitching prospect or a top 10 pitching prospect or like a top 10 overall prospect uh, for the Blue Jays and now St. Louis. But he's certainly, um, you know, being a guy who signed for nothing, you know, didn't get a signing bonus, uh, pretty much a self-taught pitcher. It's really an incredible story. Uh, how much success he's had and how much he's accomplished and, you know, went from pretty much being an absolute nobody to being a guy who's, you know, worthy of top 10 prospect consideration. And, you know, for, for Toronto was being mentioned in the same breath as guys like Ricky Tiedemann and Josper Zuloeta. So just being among the mix of those guys and, you know, being able to net a return uh, like, like he just did in this trade, uh, you know, certainly speaks a lot for his potential. And, you know, there's a good chance that down the road in a couple of years for St. Louis, uh, he's a solid back end of the rotation guy. Now, you know, I think as important as uh, their performances, yeah, we kind of want to know who these guys were. How did they mesh with the club? How did they mesh with the community there in Manchester? Yeah, both are, both are fantastic guys. And, I mean, certainly nothing to be concerned about on a personal side for either of them. I mean, they were both extremely accommodating for us and, you know, willing to do interviews with us for the radio and willing to uh, talk to media and, you know, get to know some fans as well. Cloughenstein spent a little bit longer here just because, you know, he came here uh, early in the year last year. So, you know, pretty much spent like the better part of two seasons here in New Hampshire and, you know, got to know some people a little bit more uh, than Sam, but, you know, Sam had by the end of last season and this season as well. So, uh, yeah, both are, both are excellent guys, wonderful people. Um, you know, I really enjoyed getting to know them both. And, 
you know, I believe uh, Cardinals fans will love them in the future, you know, if they wind up in St. Louis over the next couple of years. Uh, do you have any favorite moments from, from either of them or both of them that, you know, don't really show up on uh, game recaps or, or, or the box score? What, what was special about those two? I'll say I'll say a couple of things. I'll say uh, Adams' sense of style. He was definitely one of the uh, better dressed guys on the road trip and uh, around the clubhouse. You know, he always seemed to have uh, you know a little bit more of uh, like an eclectic style, I would say, but definitely you know willing to uh, take some chances with you know how he dresses and how he you know styles everything. But there were a lot of days where you would walk in and he would be you know bigly dressed, you know, like a guy, you know, walking into a major league game and, you know, sometimes around the clubhouse, you know, guys would just be wearing, you know, athletic clothes or whatever, but, you know, cloth always dressed it up and, and styled it up. So I would say he definitely had one of the best uh, sense of style uh, on our team. Um, Sam, you know, I really just enjoyed uh, getting to know him a little bit and, you know, getting to hear about uh, his journey from the Netherlands over to the United States and, you know, growing up there in a place where soccer is, uh, you know, a lot more popular and, you know, a lot of kids don't grow up playing baseball, but, uh, you know, he watched just, just old videos of pitchers and, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, taught himself and, uh, you know, the Blue Jays were fortunate enough to see him in a tournament over in Barcelona and, you know, signed him back then. And, uh, but just, you know, playing, playing on, you know, halfway across the world and far from home and all that. But, you know, he always had a lot of pride in the Netherlands and, um, you know, just getting to learn, you know, a little bit more about his culture and his upbringing, uh, you know, really enjoyed that with Sam. All right. And we'll just wrap it up with you, Steve. I know that the St. Louis AA affiliate is all the way in Springfield in the Texas League. They may not have come by uh, New Hampshire. So if a St. Louis Cardinals fan were to drop by to see a Fisher's Cat game, what can they expect? Yeah, you know, Springfield and New Hampshire, they're in uh, two different leagues, so we don't ever uh, have any games scheduled against them. So, you know, probably a lot of fans who have never been there. Um, I've actually uh, been out to uh, Hammonds Field in Springfield, uh, spending a year in Frisco in the uh, Texas League. And, and I went to the uh, University of Missouri as well. So, you know, certainly a lot of uh, Cardinals fans and Royals fans there. And, you know, I'm definitely familiar with uh, baseball in that part of the country. But, uh, you know, for fans who have never been up here to uh, to New England, I mean, I would certainly recommend the trip. Um, you know, not only do you have New Hampshire, but, you know, there's also uh, Worcester's nearby and AAA, uh, Portland and Hartford, you know, both outstanding teams in our league. And Fenway Park is an absolute must if you're a baseball fan, too. But, you know, Delta Dental Stadium, it's a really fun place to catch a ball game. You know, we have plenty of uh, group seating areas from the brew house and left. Uh, some of the uh, bullpen patios that we just put in this year and you know, dinner on deck behind the plate. So it's definitely a big, you know, family friendly type of environment. Uh, and, you know, fans have a good time, a lot of great promos out here. And, you know, sort of like the iconic feature uh, of the ballpark is the uh, Hilton Garden Inn, the uh, uh, hotel out in left center field. So, you know, it's pretty cool. Fans can, you know, grab a room for the week and, you know, look into the ballpark at the off hours and, you know, see what goes on on the field, uh, sort of behind the scenes and, you know, before the game starts. So, yeah, really, really fun place to uh, watch some baseball, you know, especially this time of the year. Weather is just beautiful up here. So, yeah, I definitely recommend a trip. And, you know, it's always fun to uh, check out baseball in other parts of the country. Well, thank you very much for your time, Steve. I am here with Steve Goldberg, the voice of the AA New Hampshire Fisher Cats. And uh, we hope you have a good day.
bases hit four home runs this postseason. He's swinging for number five right there, and it's a full count. The Rangers a strike away from winning it in both the ninth and tenth innings. Two strikes on Freeze, two strikes on Berkman. Welcome in, and thanks for joining us tonight is uh, Ben Dieter and C.J. Behrman from the Rangers Report. We're going to talk about the Jordan Montgomery trade, uh, all the pieces that go along with that. But guys, uh, how y'all doing tonight? Doing really good. Recovering from two back surgeries? <laughs> Fine. So I'm, I'm doing better than he is. Yeah, I think we're all doing better than CJ is. But uh, anyway, so as this trade comes out um, on Sunday afternoon, Cardinals are playing. I think, I'm assuming the Rangers are probably playing about that time too. Um, you know, y'all are on the on the heels of the Max Scherzer trade. But when you hear this trade coming out, Jordan Montgomery for and Chris Stratton coming to the Rangers, just on that part of it, what what were your thoughts? Go ahead, CJ. Well, we knew we've been we've been talking about the Rangers adding bullpen arms all year long, like two, maybe even three bullpen arms. And I had eyes on the Cardinals and I said this in the podcast about three weeks ago. The Cardinals have assets that the Rangers want. Yep. And we thought it was going to be Jordan Hicks, but that wasn't the case. So. Um, but we are happy to get, to get the bullpen arms that we need. I mean, I mean, Chris Young, our GM is not screwing around. I mean, obviously with the Max Scherzer deal, not screwing around. He's, we're going for it. Ben, what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, so, you know, I didn't know a lot about either of those pitchers, but I know that uh, Montgomery has worked with Mike Maddox before, and I think that's one of the reasons the Rangers targeted him. You know, Max Scherzer has two, which I think is another reason the Rangers targeted him. But, you know, I agree with CJ. Uh, Chris Young is not messing around, man. He is going for it. They are going for it this year. It's been great to watch after the last seven years of, you know, complete, you know, worthlessness from the Rangers organization. Well, yeah, and and Ben Ben and I have, have, have been doing this podcast for two years. And we've seen the Rangers suck for two years. We yep. don't suck no more. No. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think I think both of them looking at them. I mean, both of them seem like maybe not their best seasons, but both of them seem like they're having good seasons. So I feel like these are good pickups for the Rangers. Yeah, it should be. It should be. Um, you know, just from the from the Cardinal point of view, you know, Montgomery was the second best starter the Cardinals had this year, probably behind Miles Michaelis. Um, mm. You know, it's kind of funny you say you didn't know much about Miles Michaelis. It's funny. He started, he was drafted by the Rangers. Yeah. That's true. Trade. That's true. He was. Yeah. I've, I've forgotten about that. But, uh, you know, last year at the trading deadline, the Cardinals got Montgomery from the Ra- the Yankees for Harrison Bader. And at that time, Montgomery was not a name that I was familiar with, but uh, turned in 
you know, a good year of work for the Cardinals. Um, Chris Stratton, another guy that got the trade dead on last year, turned around. He's been a he's a solid bullpen guy. Uh, he tended to be a guy that Ollie Barmall went to just about every day. It felt like um, he's a guy you don't want him. You know, he's not going to close out games, but you need big outs in the sixth and seventh innings. He's probably a guy you can go to and more often than not get the job done. Well, and, and we just got to roll this Chapman as well. Mm-hmm. And so that can change like Will Smith's role. Will Smith is not a closer. He's mm-hmm. not. Um, but an eighth inning guy, like a situational guy, absolutely. And yeah. so you got Chapman here who's a proven, proven closer. And uh, we're adding these bullpen arms with Scherzer also coming over. It's like. Holy crap, it's been an information overload. You should have seen the text messages between me and Ben yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I imagine so. Well, like I said, we're, 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 call, we're texting Levi Weaver and 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 John Moore. We're, I mean, I was blowing up the phone like, okay, is this thing happening or is it not? And what did, what's going on? And sure enough, it, it happened. So yeah. obviously, go ahead, Ben. Sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, obviously, you know, it, it, they didn't get shipped out for free. Uh, yeah. The Cardinals are not that generous, and so uh, <laughs> three pieces from the Rangers minor league system yeah. come back for, to, we're, to St. Louis. We're, we're gonna miss a couple of them for sure. Yeah, let's 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 get John King out of the way because I don't. I feel like he was kind of the throw in on this deal. I think uh, he so. is the only piece of this puzzle that's going to go to the major leagues, at least to start with. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, Ben, you know, what's your thoughts on on King as, as, a, as a pitcher? Uh, well, John King was supposed to go to the Yankees with the Joey Gallo trade a couple years ago, but he wound up having thoracic outlet syndrome and needed surgery. So they, they reneged and gave the Yankees somebody else. But he's been decent for the Rangers over the past few years. This has been his worst year, though, for the Rangers. He has a his career RA is 4.7 or 4.6 something. And this year he's 5.27. So he's given up a few too many home runs. Uh, he, he's not, he's not holding runners when he comes in with runners on base, but you know, a lot of times a change of scenery will help a guy. Cause he is a good pitcher. Like there are a lot of Rangers fans that really like him and he's a fantastic person. I've talked to him. He's a great guy. So you guys got a great person and hopefully, I mean, I like to see everyone succeed if they've been in the organization, even if they move on. I hope that he turns it around for you guys and does really well. It is good to know because I did want to ask about these guys, you know, on a personal level too. So that's that's always good to to hear. Uh, CJ, where do they use John King? Is is it again middle sixth, seventh inning type middle, of guy? Middle, middle innings, about? yeah, middle innings. Um, they had him starting. Uh, couple of years ago had him starting which was a bad idea and um because he, he got hurt and then uh they decided kind of middle innings i'd say sixth seventh inning yeah that's about that's about where he's at okay and you know is he a guy that comes in a run or two down trying to hold it to that spot or is he one that probably comes in with a bigger gap, like three or four runs on one yeah, side. Like you're, you're talking like a, a long relief, like trash pickup guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, he can come in. He can come in and, and he's got a two seam fastball that is nasty. Yeah. Um, 
and it's he can come in and 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 get out of big situations. He can certainly do that for sure. And very interesting. He's if I remember, he goes to arbitration for the first time this year, so plenty yeah. of team control on that as well. So right, you got yep. two you, you got two years on him. So yeah. Well, let's then let's talk about the other pitcher, uh, Toby Romy, who I know is a name that had been bouncing around. That I'm sure y'all had maybe come to terms with he was going, but not necessarily been real excited about it. CJ's already making faces, so I, I know that he didn't <laughs> want to talk about this one. We've already we've we've talked to TK a little bit. Um, Mason Engler actually was his roommate last year uh, in Frisco. And uh, got to just just a little smidge. And by the way, we love Mason Engler, even though he's with the Tigers. Great guy. I saw him as a as a great prospect when he was in Down East, and all of a sudden, you know, he just he blew up. And then the Rule Five draft happened, and they the Tigers took Mason, and you know, I got his damn phone number. <laughs> I text him all the time, him and Cole Reagans. Um, and there's two guys that are gone and we had to get used to that. We knew it was coming that the Rangers were loaded yeah, and we're going to have to unload prospects to get guys, but you're getting TK Roby. He had, he started the year bad. Yeah. Very bad. And then he turned it around. And yeah, the, ta- you, yeah. the talent's there. The talent's yeah, you, there. You look at his overall numbers this year in 10 starts. He's 2-3 and three with a 505 because of that bad start. But he has 50 strikeouts and 12 walks and 46.1 innings. So he, he has swing and miss stuff. He really does. He's a habitual strike thrower. Yeah, and, he, and he's in the zone all the time, which, you know, can hurt you. But – He's in the zone a lot, and like I said, he's got that strikeout stuff. Uh, he has, let's see here, he's given up just five home runs in 46 innings while striking out 50. So in that's, those I mean, five, yeah. that happened like in the first five games. Yeah, he hasn't given up a home run in, in quite a while. But he, he's, like yeah. I said, he's got good swing and miss stuff, especially at double A. Yeah, he's locked in. Which is what the Cardinals were looking for. I mean, the Cardinals, yeah. uh, you know, have had a, situation or a organizational philosophy more of ground ball plate use your defense type of thing and they're kind of realizing that the swing and miss is is the way the ball the baseball oh is going. no this, so, this this guy tk can tk can swing and miss yeah i mean he can strike some dudes out so how concerning is the shoulder injury that he's been dealing with um, uh, it's, it's not, it's not, I mean, he's been, he's been back for a while now and it seems to be doing okay, but he's, it's not, I mean, I, every time a pitcher has a shoulder injury, it's obviously a little bit concerning, but, right. but he has been doing really well lately. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's past that. I okay. wouldn't yeah. worry. I wouldn't worry about that. Doesn't seem like it's going to be a habitual thing or anything like that. It doesn't. No, no, no. that's good. That's good. So, I mean, you know, you mentioned John King being a guy, obviously. I, I doubt that any of these guys coming over like real jerks or anything. Um, but, no. you know, in the interactions, is he was he a fan favorite coming up as well? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. A lot, a lot of people speak highly of him. Um, there's another Rangers podcast here in, in the area that, that had him on and 
talks to him a lot, and he's one of those guys that you want in your organization. So the Rangers, over the last five years, one thing they have done is they've gotten character guys in their organization. They've avoided almost anyone with attitude or attitude issues or problems like that. Um, they they do a really good job at getting high character guys. Well, and that's that's one thing me and Ben were talking about the other day when the Scherzer trade happened. He wasn't happy about it. He's like, he's not a character guy. And I'm like, well, that's why we got Ubaldi and Marcus Simeon. They'll kick his ass. So, yeah, yeah I'm I, not worried about it. Yeah, I will say that, you know, the Cardinals have done a good job, I think, of that as well, of having character guys. I've heard good things about George Montgomery in the clubhouse. And I don't think he's a very demonstrative kind of guy, but he does sound like a guy that, people seem to like and yeah. um, Stratton in the same type of way. So I don't think that's going to be uh, any kind of chemistry disruptor at all uh, coming over to that side of things. Good. Good. Yeah. Uh, last prospect then, uh, Thomas. What, now y'all you have to tell Spaghetti. me how to say that. It's Spaghetti. a JC. It's a JC. It's a JC. Thomas a JC. Yeah, yeah, it does not look yeah, like we, Jason. We've all we've all said it wrong, and it, finally, it, finally, when I met yeah. him, he told me what his name was. <laughs> <laughs> all right, tell me a little Good. bit about about him because he's the only guy that the Cardinals have acquired so far. Second that is not a base, player. you're looking at second base, maybe shortstop, Ben, maybe. Yeah, second baseman. He's he's a second baseman by trade, but he can play both second base and shortstop. Yeah, so and and he's got all the talent in the world. Again, the Rangers are loaded and so they were able to unload you know a guy that we were <clears throat> we were covering a lot but he's blocked yep that's that's why the rangers were able to get rid of not get rid of yeah uh, trade. trade luis uh, luis on Acuna because he's blocked we got Corey seager so and Marcus Simeon, and then Josh Young at third, and Nate Lowe at first. There's nowhere for him to play. So the so, assets so, were there. Go ahead. Yep. So JC is having a breakout season, in my opinion. He's he batting is. he's batting 313 with an OBP of 379, slugging of 512, an OPS of 891. He's at 15 homers and 78 RBIs in 93 games. You know, he's wa- he's walked 34 times. And it's probably striking out a little bit too much. He strikes out just barely more than one time per game. Uh, so not awful, but, you know, he probably needs to bring those down. But he 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 was okay last year when they called him up to double-A, getting his feet wet. And this year, he's he's carried that team at some point. He's, he, he's one that he's, he's one I didn't up. want to see leave. And when I heard that he wasn't in the starting lineup yesterday, I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, yeah, he's ben, going ben somewhere. He's like, I know something's going on. I was like, uh-oh, he's, thought, go- he's going somewhere. We thought it was involved with the Max Scherzer deal, but it mm. wasn't. It was involved with the deal with the Cardinals. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, we were, the Ranger report was digging yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, we imagine were... imagine trying, trying all your contacts, weren't you? So, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, but you guys are getting a great, a great middle infielder, a great middle infielder that hopefully, I mean, the way he's been playing a double A, you guys may call him up in September. I think so. Well, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, the Cardinals do have, as of right now, because we're still, what, just shy of 24 hours to the trade deadline, but 
still have a bit of a, a log jam in the middle infield. Uh, and their top prospect is Mason Wynn, who's going to take over yeah, shortstop. That's true. Here in the next, if he didn't come up this year, he will at the beginning. Well, of the year, and you've so. got two of my favorite players. Nolan Arenado mm-hmm. is one. Paul Goldschmidt, number two. Yep. So, I mean, y'all are y'all are there. It's just reload and 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 regun and let's go next year type of yeah. type of thing. I really feel like that's what the Cardinals are aiming for and that this kind of deal is one that helps not only give them depth for next year but you know also into 25 as And well. you still got Adam Wainwright. <laughs> for for, God for a few almighty. more weeks. For a few more weeks. <laughs> that, I don't think that guy will ever retire. <laughs> uh, he he says this is his last year. We'll, him we'll find out, I guess. For sure. Him and Rich Hill, man, they just won't go away. <laughs> I mean, I well, Wainwright, Wainwright pitched in the most painful series in the history of the Ranger of Ranger baseball in 2011. <laughs> so. see, see, now I told CJ I earlier told on when we tried to bring this up, I wasn't going to bring it. up 2011. So, well, uh, just since we talked gonna... about Wainwright, I figured I'd, I'd mention that he was there. But that's all I want to say about it. We we're still bitter. Hey, it, and to be fair, Wade Wright was hurt that year, all year yeah. long. So he wasn't technically on that team. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. Uh, now so you had Chris he, Carpenter who kicked our ass. <laughs> and did that to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Chris Carpenter, <laughs> uh, Garcia kicked our ass. <laughs> you know, just a lot of guys on that team. Uh, Lance Berkman, who actually became a Ranger. Yeah, later on year, right? for like about 13, I guess. 13, yeah, so. for about uh, two seconds. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they talked him out of retirement. Nolan Ryan, yeah. he was still our GM then, talked him out of retirement, uh, to come play. And it was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was a, it was it was a wonderful. I mean, it was a memorable series. Let's put it that way. I know it's that it was fun. David Freeze yeah. is yeah. always gonna be hated yeah. here in Texas. I'm gonna say I, I think he goes around Texas as much as he can. Oh. I think he does too. <laughs> well, guys, oh. I appreciate you joining me tonight uh, and giving a little insight on this on this trade. Um, looking forward to maybe doing something with y'all again in the future, and, and hopefully, maybe we're talking about a a Rangers World Series, and this works out really well for y'all. I hope so. <laughs> hey, we're right there with you, bro. We're right there with you. Hey, thanks for hey, having guys. us. Thanks for having us, bro. And the home.